Welcome to the Positively Star Wars Senate Podcast. This is Obi-Wan Kenobi. May the Force be with you. Looky, looky, Sumitai. This is Jedi arriving. to the Positively Star Wars Senate Podcast. I'm doing this opening this week because our Chancellor is out enjoying the coronation of his new Chancellor. Have fun with that. Long live the Supreme Leader. My name is Ryan, and today we are joined by Tony. Hello there. Ricky. Hello. And always last, but never least, Ron. (laughs) Oh, no, no. Greetings and salutations, fellow Senators. We miss you, Chancellor. (laughs) I always like to have Ron's there at the end. So we are recording this on Saturday, May 6th, or as people like to call it, Revenge of the 6th. Or is it Revenge of the 5th? Do we have enough? Revenge of the 5th. <laughs> there seems like this an ongoing argument. Is it 6th? It, it's Star Wars week. So. <laughs> I go by 5th, but for the sake of the podcast, it's Revenge of the 6th. So today's episode was thrown together pretty quickly because some of our spouses just have to be at work and we got bored and decided to do an episode as all you know middle-aged star wars fans like to do and what is the best way to spend an hour or so talking about star wars well how about everyone's favorite topic of the last jedi so now with uh now with the introduction out of the way the last jedi was released december 15th 2007 and is still a daily discussion in all star wars threads and comics and we are here today to write those negative injustices as with all star wars there are some story beats that as fans we just have to let's say make it work and the last jedi is no different from any one of those so before we discuss all the hot button issues with the last jedi i just have to know first and foremost what do we here on the podcast where do we all stand on the last jedi is it bussin or is it bap ron what do you say you come to me, bussin or bap? Which one's good? Bussin or bap? You're coming from the original trilogy generation uh, fan here. Bussin or bap? Bussin? Is it mid, Ron? Is, is the movie mid or is it... Is and it I just recently learned <laughs> glow up. Um, <laughs> bussin or bap? I don't know which one of those is, is the hip term or whatever, but it was a Star Wars movie. I enjoyed it. I had no issues with it coming out of the theater. I've had no issues with the rewatches. I've seen the things that are out there, but no, it's 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 whichever one of those was is on the good side of things for me. Again, because it was more Star Wars story, and I never thought I was going to get that. So what I saw on the screen, I took it as the Star Wars story that was presented to me because that's how it continued. I never really thought about what it should look like or what it's going to look like or what I wanted it or expected it to look like. I watched it for what it was, soaked it all in and enjoyed the heck out of it. The 10 year old in me loved the visuals. The older Star Wars fan in me appreciated the story. It had its heart wrenching moments and it's and it's wait what moments much like um, uh, the, the Force Awakens. But that was the Star Wars story for me and I enjoyed it. And I continue to enjoy it. 
Right. So just so we're all aware, I wrote that whole intro just and when Ron said he was going to be late to the podcast, I was bummed because I wrote that whole thing just so I can say, Ron, is it bussin' or bad? <laughs> well, like, now you got to clue me in. What what the was bussin'? I'm trying to figure out the shortcut for him. And yeah, it's all like not. one of the 80s or something. <laughs> for, for Ron's monthly lingo learning moment, bussin' is good. Bussin' is good. Bussin's great, man. That's bussin'. When you have bussin'. a good meal, that's bussin', man. So, and I had a Google one for negative, so I had to pick a good oh, one. Oh, all right. So, can you tell it on yourself? I appreciate that. Yeah, because I mean, I wanted another B. I couldn't be like bussin' and no cap, you know. So I was like, I want a <laughs> negative. So I went with BAP. So BAP, BAP is, it has several terms, not all of them great, but BAP is generally used for negative. So it's bussin' or BAP. So I was just, I just wanted to do that for you, Ron. Just well, I appreciate that. Yes, uh, the Last Jedi is bussin'. Okay, Tony, bussin' or BAP? <laughs> what? <laughs> we're sticking with that okay uh just your naming again i didn't know what, i didn't know what everyone thought of last i didn't know what ron or tony thought about the last jedi so i just thought i'd say it's is it good or bad it is good it's bussin uh this is the first star wars movie that when i left the theater like i was just kind of numb like i kind of didn't really know what to think you know what i mean it was like i don't know Maybe it was just I was getting over, you know, the Luke thing at the end. But I don't know. Like, I left and I was just like, I, I didn't know what the heck, you know. So I probably sat on it for about a week just thinking about it. And then I went back the following weekend and watched it again. And then I really came around. Like, by then, you know, I kind of reconciled things in my mind. You know, it was maybe different than what I was expecting or hoping for. And as Ron said, it was, you know, what I was given and what I was presented with. And that's what I needed to work with. To your point, Ryan, that sometimes we need to to work on these things. Star Wars is not usually uh, uh, plug and play like you just, you know, there's so much history. There's so much story. There's so much uh, that's uh, that you need to put in. It's kind of like what you bring to it. And the Last Jedi is, I, in my opinion, the epitome of of that for Star Wars. There's there's just so much going on, so much that's different, so much that that you uh, bring to it, and that you need to kind of change your expectations on. Uh, and that's that's basically what my uh, feelings, you know, were on it, and have been have been with it. You know, it's one of the ones that I enjoy for being different and for taking the less obvious path uh and uh that's that's kind of like the the main thing i like about it that in every for every character almost every situation they take a different path that if you stop and you actually think about it it makes sense you know it makes sense with what the characters are going through you may not agree with it and it may not be what you want and that goes for me too there's things where that i don't necessarily agree with and it wouldn't be what I have wanted, what I, you know, would have wanted. But if I, you know, stop, think about it. Yeah. You know, it works. It makes sense. And it's, it's a great movie. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm on the, the fan side of the movie. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent with you where I remember walking out of last Jedi and just stunned. Like I just felt, I don't know if I felt complete it or like, you know, it, it kind of had that type of ending where it's just like, man, it just feels complete type of thing. And it's just, 
I didn't know yeah. what to think, like positive or negative. I just walked out stunned. Like this was an experience. So, uh, yeah, Ricky, for sure. Ricky, what side are you on? You yay or nay? Um, no, dude, it's like <laughs> no cap, man. It was. <laughs> I was over here lamping watching it. And, um, yeah, no, I, I, when I walked out of Force Awakens, it took me a minute, and I had to rewatch it again, like the following week at the drive-in. And I'm like, yeah, you know, this is a really cool story. When I walked out of Last Jedi, I'm like, the opening night, I'm like, this is going to be, like, the highest regarded movie of Star Wars that they've ever made because it was, like, such a masterpiece watching it. And then the next day I, I read the online stuff. <laughs> yeah. But, like, no, I really watched it. I was like, it was just the perfect movie. It was well written. I knew Carrie Fisher had some hand in writing some of the scenes. And it was just, like, they did the nods of the old movies and referencing the prequel stuff. I'm like, it was just... It hit hit all my check marks for me, ticked all my boxes. So, um, yeah, no, absolutely, like one of the best made um, Star Wars movies. Um, it's and Revenge of the Sith is my favorite of all time. I mean, I that and New Hope, but I think that and this and you know are my top three of all time. But yeah, there uh, there's so much in there. Like I love when I can just rewatch a movie and and catch new things, you know. But yeah, no, I'm totally on board. So. Yeah. So. And with everybody else, I guess this Positively Star Wars podcast, we are taking the point of view of the positive side because so many other podcasts have taken the point of view of the negative side. So I felt like if we strictly talk about I almost like being the naysayers, you hear all this negativity. Well, it's like, like I said, sometimes we have to make Star Wars work. So we have a we'll try to stick to the big points. Otherwise, I would love to do a four hour podcast, but we have stuff <laughs> to do. Um I would love to do a part two of this because The Last Jedi is such a great discussion point. And if you haven't noticed, I am definitely on the bussin' side. Um, it isn't easily in my top three. And as I mentioned off air, I literally just finished it as I got on the call. And I, I couldn't fast forward through anything to try to make it because it's so such a good story. And I mean, I'm just fawning over it. But to get on with it, like I said, we have a list of kind of the big points. So again, this is for all the fans out there who, when you hear people bring up all the negativity, because it's the same stuff over and over and over again. Well, here's some talking points about those to maybe help convince some people to spread the good word. It's like, well, you're looking at it too negatively without thinking critically. Like, so I feel like everybody talks about the movie, but nobody actually talks about the movie. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like you bring it up and they'll change the topic. Well, what about, it's like, no focus on this one topic and we'll discuss it to the end type thing. So we'll try to limit these best we can. Cause like I said, the last Jedi, even the big talking points, there's like 10. Like I so, even noticed new stuff last, you know, the other night when I was watching it, I'm like, like how have I not watched these like 500 times because they're so new and there's like so much content out now. But like every time, you know, it's. And honestly, anytime you go back and watch an older Star Wars movies after new content is released, it oh, yeah. feels so new. Like with the announcement of Dawn of the Jedi, going back 25,000 years and pretty much feeding off Octu you know, Octo, whatever it is, feeding off of that, that's amazing. And then looking at where Ray's story is going next and everything that Finn does, it just feels like the movie and many movies are just totally refreshed. I'm sure Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith was totally different when people watched the Clone Wars. So, oh, yeah. And that, that's what's so great about these movies. You can go back and watch something old after years of new content and they just feel different. So. I want to say something, Tony's thing of coming out of the movie and just sort of stunned or, or, or you know, that, that first viewing and that first coming out of, 
granted, I'm only uh, 10, not even 10, I think, uh, for Empire. But Empire, back in the day, was kind of the same thing. It was just, oh, what, what just happened? In a way, you know, cause, because it, it's it's that Star Wars storytelling. It was that second movie. It was that my heroes didn't all, you know, it wasn't warm and fuzzies at the end. And Robert, there were some real moments in that. And this was fitting that mold kind of thing and coming out of it. And I clearly sort of recognized that coming out of that first viewing that oh, okay yeah this was going to be that that sort of empire type that second movie in the story that that it was wait what did i just see type of type of movie that it had that I'm, i guess i'm just trying to say it, it had that empire feel for me um all over again and and sort of recognized that and and appreciated what it was going for it was to make you I don't know if it was to make you think, but it wasn't just a happy and they lived happily ever after type of movie like like A New Hope was. It was a continuation of a story, a very real story with some real impact and real real moment character beats and moments for the characters, character growth, all that in, that goes into this movie. But just yeah. like what, after uh, Empire Strikes Back, the big question was like, well, was, was Darth Vader telling the truth? Was he lying? Like for this one, you have the whole like, well, was Kylo lying to Rey about her past? You know, like the it's the same kind of hits the same beats in different you know tones. So yeah, I I can I feel like I could do a whole another episode, another two hours on the things that Ryan Johnson did good, not just like bonding over, but like you know, like you said, it's teasing into that. You know, the Canto bite scene is the new Cantina scene. Uh, you know, Ray's lightsaber practice mirrors the end. Like, there's so many amazing things that it's like, I didn't realize things till a year after the movie came out. People were just realizing that Ray's lightsaber practice in Octu mirrored the end with Kylo. And that's why it's so great. It took a year for people to realize that. And he, Ryan Johnson wrote it while watching The Force Awakens. So, yeah, and I, I contend that Empire was not the end all be all greatest. Star Wars, you know, was not seen that way in in after, soon after it's really, it yeah. took time to marinate. It took time to get Return of the Jedi. It took time to get the three movies and say, which one do you like best out of the three for 16 plus years? So that's where Empire got elevated, elevated, and elevated over the course of time. And I think you had the kids that were little when I watched it for the first time, and then they grew up, and they were, you know, the ones running the fandom. Afterwards. Well, you, you yeah, you, as you got older and, and just, I, I'm true of that being originally true it just you you appreciated the story that was being told and that's much of what i get out of out of the last jedi is is the story aspect of of the heavy weightedness of, of what goes into this what's transpiring during during this movie all right right so where do you want to start do you want to do uh one of the notes that i hear all the time about is bombers in space so i feel like a lot of times people say well it doesn't make sense that they drop bombs out of those bombers. So it's like, what is the, I feel like that's a common misconception where if you look deeper at the scene, there's much more. So, I mean, I don't know what you guys thought specifically about that scene where they're dropping bombs in space. And if it's just people overreacting or what's your ideas on how we. It's just, it's just a crazy, beautiful looking. I mean, you got the whole stuff with Paige and then like it's showing her, it focuses on her eye. She falls down and then it goes black. Like, it's and I noticed something when I watched it this past time that I didn't before, like she like clutches her um you know the little with the the smelt what was it the hazian smelt? the medallion yeah yeah the hazian smelt and then she's like I gotta do this I really gotta like save it because they're gonna aim because Poe tells her like they're going for the uh, command ship you know they're gonna basically destroy everybody you know the, including her sister so she's thinking about Rose the whole time. They're like, I really got to do this and drop these bombs because my sister's going to die. 
And I never really noticed that before that, you know, she does that. And just that whole sequence of them falling and everything. And she went from, like, the bottom of the ship to the top because she was the, the gunner, right, on the bottom? She was the bottom gunner. Yeah, she was the bottom gunner. And then that guy ended up getting t- uh, knocked out on top, whoever that was. But, yeah, I mean, I always assumed that those bombs were, like, some kind of, like, repulsor thing that shot them down. They weren't actually falling. But Yeah, that's the thing. Think? A lot of people say, well, bombs don't fall in space. Well, if you just fire either, (laughs) that's the easy thing to say. It's like we're watching a space wizard movie, but like so the bombs are all on rails, you know, so there's four bombers. I want whenever there's a story on from a certain point of view, one TIE fighter took out three bombers (laughs) out of four bombers. He took out three in one shot, like where it blew up one and then it blew up another, blew up another. I was like, well, but he didn't he did. the, The TIE fighter doesn't take him out. The TIE fighter gets destroyed. The yeah. bombs are armed on those guys. That yeah. TIE fighter goes flying off. Part of it goes flying off, hits one bomber. That bomber explodes. The shrapnel of it hits the next one, hits the next one. And it was, it, it's it's a it's beautiful like a visual. Reaction. Yeah, it's a chain reaction because they armed a little too soon. Whatever. Just all that that goes into it is 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 so powerful. And it, and it really puts the heroes in a, in a moment of, oh, no, what's going on to, to, to have that one. I had no issue with bombers in space upon first viewing or yeah, any subsequent. It was, it was other people. You know, I was talking about it. There was all bombers in space. The slowness of them, uh, to some extent, they seemed now that there's only one flying over the dreadnought. Why the heck aren't all the other ships attacking it? But we had our fighters and the you know resistance had a I skew good guy. Sorry. Uh, we had our fighters and, and you know, attacking them and, and protecting the bombers a la real world, you know, wars type scenario and fighting and structure and all that. No and issue with Cali it. And, and Poe and everybody out there still. The, Funny the time. visual of it and everything's great. The slow motion aspect, post screaming, drop now, Kennedy trying to say fire, you know, all that that goes into it. The only issue I ever in the theater that I took him to, she's kicking on the rail to get the remote to drop to her, and the remote's dropping, and the remote drops past her head. Right. And I'm like, oh, well, she missed it. What? And then she reaches and grabs it, and I'm like, well. <laughs> There's not an. She was like state. There's not enough time for her to catch. That's the. That's my hangup. The story, the bombers, and everything else. No, but it was that real world sort of physicy aspect, which is funny because everybody gets real world physicy about the about the bombers. But that that's the part that I had a hung hang up the biggest was her reaching to grab catch that remote in air. It you know he was going for the suspense and the and the drama of it all. But I see it when you watch it and see it fall past her face at the same level she is falling you know whatever rate and she's not moving at that point but then she does move and catches it. it's like wow okay that was that was tough but yeah, yeah bombers in space was, was a great way to destroy that dreadnought you even jumped ahead of that but you're going for the bomb poe and his and his and his delay and bb8 and punch it and whoa that's got a kick and him flying all yeah. the tenure and, and taking out the he's not going for the or he's going for the dreadnought he's like oh well, he's a fool and he's like oh he's not trying to attack us he's going after our surface cannons we should have launched our ships about five bloody yeah. minutes ago oh he's flying around destroying cannons ah the 10 year old star wars fan of me just loved it that was awesome and, and it still is rewatch uh, recent rewatch for in preparation for this love that scene absolutely love him flying around destroying things like uh, revenge of zith like the opening is like my favorite opening from all the movies um but i think this is like close because there's like so much that goes on and it looks like so awesome and there's so much star fight and you know, star fighting and so it yeah, I, I love the whole sequence with BB-8 sticking his head in there. It's like, you know, being a little... Kennedy <laughs> is awesome. He's great. The book explores that more, where he says, oh, yeah? 
five bloody minutes ago. In the book, it talks about him asking Hux, like, we should launch TIE Fighters. And Hux is like, nah, we're good. It's only a single fighter. We're fine. And then when he gets on screen and he's like, launch the TIE Fighters. And he's like, should have launched them five minutes ago. It's in the book. He suggested we should have launched him five minutes ago. Five minutes ago. Oh, yeah. I love fire on the base. Uh, his that 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 actor's portrayal of, of, you know, let's make make this happen. I just love that as a great line and the way he way he gives it. Yeah, love it. So as far as the bombers, they're on rails. So, I mean, yeah, bombs dropping in space. We also have bombs in Empire Strikes Back where they drop them on all the asteroids to try to get Han out. And they oh, drop Ryan, them. that's beautiful. I've never heard that counter before, or never thought of that counter before, but exactly. No one goes on about TIE bombers dropping bombs on asteroids with no gravitational field whatsoever. <laughs> so we call them TIE bombers. We think they're yeah. bombing the asteroids. We uh, just just accept that they're dropping bombs in, in the traditional sense of World War II movies dropping bombs that – no, they had to be also propelled on a rail, uh, some sort of way to to be dropped into that space. So, yeah, that's a wonderful counter. Yeah, so and we see all these bombs. Dangling, yeah, they're dangling on rails. The rails launch them down, and in space, once you have that momentum, the bombs are just going to travel straight in that direction. So it's like, Django, again, Django drops bombs, too, in episode two. Like, he throws those seismic charge bombs out. Yeah, yeah but they, he just sort of drops them behind him like yeah he just sort of like like uh yeah like dumping the trash right he doesn't actually drop them not like the tie bombers the tie bombers is a a wonderful i honestly have never never really thought of or or, you know heard heard before in any way shape to 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 the bomb the slowness of the bombers flying in space i mean they are massive why do they need to fly slow you know that's that is a bit of a uh, visual you know, aspect, but one of those again, things. lining up your target and all that sort of stuff needs to be a part of their a part of their course of of flight, right? That they're 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 taking so that they hit their target. If they're going super fast, it's going to be hard to to, to drop them. Although the dreadnought's huge, so you could have could have sped them up to whatever their max speed was, because it doesn't matter where you drop those bombs on that dreadnought, you were going to hit that thing. That thing is 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 a massive ship. So I just feel like that was one of the points that I felt like people were kind of, as you're probably hearing me say many times, grassman straws. They're just bombs. They're on rails. We found out what makes it work, and we're just moving on. So for the people that have problems with bombers, there you go. We got all these talking points. So the other big thing, and again, this is jumping. We can talk so much about this movie, but just the big points. So Luke throwing his saber. Uh, That was a huge problem with much of the fan base. And again, with me, it was shocking. And I watched The Last Jedi by myself with my spouse. And when I went back a second time, I took the kids. So I watched my kids watch the movie um, to see what a real reaction is without outside influence and stuff like that. And they were stunned type of thing. Um, But as far as Luke throwing the saber, it wasn't till afterwards that I realized and people brought this up. I'd have a. I don't even have a good memory, let alone a photogenic memory. But when people brought up the last thing Luke Skywalker ever does in the movies is throw a lightsaber in Return of the Jedi. He throws his lightsaber. We have a 30 year gap, all sorts of adventures that happens. The first time Luke Skywalker appears in movies again, he throws his lightsaber. So I never understood 
why it was like a problem. I get it. You know, there's this whole story behind Luke and Luke's going to be a huge talking point. I'll try to group up a lot of things, but Luke is so big. We're going to have to separate his story between pretty much the phases of the movie. I just so, thought it was funny. Like watching the first time, like, like that's such a Mark Hamill thing. Like she goes all that way to travel. And then he's like, eh, and then throws. I just thought it was like a great movie moment and, and just kind of hilarious. Yeah. And it like, was completely unexpected. I mean, nobody, I mean, if they had asked any of us, what do you think? Nobody, I think any of us or even anybody would have, would have thought that he would have thrown it, you know? And I like that he took kind of like that power of what that, uh, saber stands for and i think it means you know it means more to us the audience than it does to them you know that they're there in world you know ray is kind of like us you know somebody who just you know lapped up all the stories that were told all the legend and you know we build all these things to be you know mythical and luke who you know was the the heir to that saber yeah. you know it's just like meh you know, I don't care about this anymore. You know, that doesn't mean anything. That's not the force. That's that lightsaber's cursed anyways. Yeah, you know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> and I love that, you know, because who would have thought that that's, that that would have been his, of all people's reaction to to that, to something that he thought was lost, probably, you know, for the longest time. And all of a sudden this girl shows up with it. And, you know, rather than, than it having any kind of power over him, he just chucks it, you know. Like that. you say, Tony brings up a very valuable point that that we put so much stock in what that saber, what that scene was going to mean to to us as fans. We had what two years, or whatever that we we knew she was there on on Octu handing it to him. How was that going to go? So many of us, you know, everybody had their expectations and had their idea of how that scene was going to play out. For him to grab it in both hands, uh, review it, look at it take in that situation of who the stranger is in front of him, whether it's a stranger or not at, at that point in time. But then, yeah, just toss it over his shoulder. Like you say, no one really expected that aspect of it, but it's, it's in looking at it in retrospect and thinking about it a lot, not so much at that point in time in the movie for me at the point in time in the movie first viewing, it was, Oh, okay. What's, what's he, what's he going with here? Well, I was not, ex didn't, didn't really expect or think that was going to happen, but okay. Yeah. Him walking away. What's he, what's he going to be trying to tell her type of thing. But in looking at it, it's, it's such a powerful cause it's, it's removing that the lightsaber is the important part of all of this. Like Tony said, to me, the throwing it away argument of Luke would never toss a saber away. He didn't. I still contend Luke knew exactly what he was doing. Because if he wanted to throw it away, if he wanted to toss it over his shoulder, he could have pitched it off the cliff. Or you see where it, you see where it lands, another bit of toss, and it's lost, I don't want to say forever, but it's lost a lot harder to find than it than it was. I contend he tosses it in the perfect manner to see her reaction to see what this person in front of her him does to you know that he didn't toss it away over the cliff he tossed it to a point where it landed behind him and could be retrieved what's this person how's this person going to react because i'm sure they were expecting oh thank you thank you this is great my lightsaber where'd you find it tell me all about it how can i help you? whatever you know whatever that was and that's not what ray that person in front of him got so it's it's a bit of a test it's a bit and it's a bit of Luke, you know, we find out more where Luke's stance is with the force and everything else. It's also a bit of, of him tossing it away because he wants no part of it. But I still contend he doesn't truly toss it away to go away or he would have tossed it over to, the cliff. He's trying to teach a lesson because, like, 
you know, that's at this not... point, not yet though. He doesn't know what she's there for, what she's going on, but he's he's trying to measure this person that found him where he didn't want to be found. He doesn't know she's with Leia. He doesn't know anything about her. He's not connected with a force, so he knows nothing about what's going on. But this person found him in a place he didn't want to be found, presenting him with his lightsaber. So he's not at the point necessarily of teaching a lesson, but he is at the point of still, you know, some finding out some further information. And, and you know, that is wonderfully powerful in, in, in his... His character growth, if you will, his evolution while on Octu and getting Ray to where she needs to be and learning what she needs to learn. Well, and then, like, you know, the whole thing, we've seen it in, in other Star Wars things where, like, a lightsaber doesn't make you a Jedi. You know, like, there's other aspects to it. And this is a guy that was fighting the Emperor of the Universe or Galaxy and Darth Vader. And what does he do? He puts down his lightsaber. And he's like, no, I'm not going to fight you. I'm a Jedi like my father. Like, you know, I'm not going to be the one that attacks. You know, I'm going to use, you know, passive, you know, he's pacifist. He doesn't want to um, be that warrior that walks out there and just like, um, like he says, like, you think I was going to take my laser sword and just like take down the first order? Like, no, like there's other methods of winning. Like, you don't have to go out there and be a warrior, you know. And I think you made me think of something, Ron, and it's like a really good point where it's like he Luke consistently throughout the movie says he's done. He doesn't want anything to do. He's quit. But when it comes down to it, he doesn't really feel like that. He may. Yeah. He could have thrown the saber across the world with his amazing force powers, but he threw it, but not with all his heart. He's trying to convince himself. I think, you know, it it 100% proves that when it's time for him to really be like to really prove that he doesn't care anymore when it's time to burn down the tree and he goes to burn it down and he realizes he can't. He can't. like he wants to commit he wants to leave it all behind you know that type of thing but he truly can't and then yoda's like lightning bolt and you know <laughs> for him. but we yeah, don't need these <laughs> an excellent kind of point that you brought up ron it's just like well i don't really don't think it was a training thing it was just i don't think his heart he may be saying it but his heart doesn't mean it. So he just kind of sort of tossed it. And he was like, I'm going to burn down this tree. Uh, are you going to stop me? Or are you, you gonna, what are you going to do? And it's just, I can't do it. So <laughs> How often heart- was those porgs looking at that lightsaber? <laughs> he puts his eye in the, <laughs> the part. <Terrifying>. <laughs> <laughs> I'll contend too, Hamill's portrayal in that scene. Well, the whole damn movie, honestly. Yeah, he's, I, he's I, awesome. I, granted, I'm a homer for, for the movie. I'm a homer for Hamill and all that. But his acting in this movie... Uh, especially when you sort of counter it with the with his sort of he wasn't too keen on on where they took the character or whatever, but he puts that aside and acts the hell out of the scenes that they put in front of him, and 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 the the dialogue and the and the emotions and everything. His 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 portrayal in this movie, his acting in this movie, really I, I really enjoy the heck out of it. I think he put quite uh, an un. Um, performance. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Everybody sees him as Luke, and that's the challenge for it. But I, I really appreciated Hamill's portrayal of Luke Skywalker in in this movie, in that moment, and 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 in the future moments coming. And I was a big proponent. I was quite upset when Mark Hamill wasn't nominated for Best Supporting Actor because I'm just like, he was amazing. Well, I think he and shot himself in the foot <laughs> a little bit and kind of soured it. But yeah, he should take, have. He should. He should. I cannot take my eyes off Adam Driver or Mark Hamill. They both give performances of their lives 
directed by Ryan Johnson. Like you don't get to see Mark Hamill with that deep of emotion. Like it's such a great character arc. I want to see them in a murder mystery. <laughs> I want to see them in one of the Glass Onion movies. <laughs> yeah, he would be. He'd be really silly, kind of like uh, Captain America. He, you know, he kind of played like a villain. But this was true deep emotion, and the only way you can reach that emotion is if you have a character that experienced failure and wanted to give up. And that's the only way he was able to access it is because that's how the story was written. So when, when uh, another thing people were like, oh, he went there to die. He wanted to kill himself. Like, no, he didn't. He just wanted to take himself off the chessboard. He was like, I'm just going to kind of like, you know, Yoda. He's like, Yoda really didn't have a plan. He just went to Dagobah just to, which is weird why people have such an issue with you know, Luke retreating to Octu. Because I mean, where do you think he... Kenobi and Yoda did the same thing, you know, like they failed. Yeah, they they wanted, they wanted Luke. Yeah, they wanted, wanted Luke pulling star destroyers out of the, out of the sky type of, you know, built Luke up, built Luke up, and and I still contend. There's plenty of time. There's enough time between Return of the Jedi and the in this era that whatever that you could have Luke doing some of that sort of stuff with the remnants of the Empire or something. Some of those stories could could be told, or you know, some of that visual, some of that type of thing could be could be there. You couldn't, I don't know, you couldn't have these the movies go and and those characters continue. Continuing on or still living, we'd still question and wonder. And like like you said, Obi Wan passes away, Yoda passes away. Granted, they were our first introduction. We didn't have any great weight on them, but now today in 2023, where a fan watches so much of the prequel, mm-hmm. the original Clone Wars, and everything, Yoda it could be a character for them. Could you know Obi Wan could could you know Obi Wan's death in A New Hope? If if that's the first time you see that, and you're like, wait, we kill him off so early? Yeah, yeah. it's it's. It's that expectation thing that people were were so clamoring for. People one forget thing we that, knew next to, we knew nothing about Obi Wan for like years, you know, till like the nineties, <laughs> like the late nineties. We knew nothing about him. Like he was just, you know, we assumed he was a great Jedi. We didn't see anything, you know. It's like like you said. Now we have, you know, the same Luke in the same role, which George told him one day you're gonna be, the, you know, the old wise Jedi, and like we have all this backstory for Luke. So yeah, people are gonna, you know expect it was things it was that, tough not yeah. to see and i granted hamill the same you know the same way it was tough not to see him flashing around um you know you wielding his lightsaber and saving and saving but he does at the end kind of right that's what makes that so wonderfully powerful it didn't have to be swashbuckling and darting all around and doing all of the all of the you know yoda versus dooku type of lightsaber fight or something or whatever it it he which What's is why i still, I still like the die, but new hope because they, they, everybody like they did the whole like fake anim, you know, animated thing of um, Darth Vader and Obi Wan on the Death Star, like jumping around and chasing down on. Like no, like these are two older Jedi and they're dueling. You know, they're not going to be spry like running around like Revenge of the Sith anymore. And that's, look that's, at you know, Rebels and Obi Wan versus Maul. It just yeah. changes once they change. So in in the East run, we have 30 years to do whatever, but these real life actors, as proved by Carrie Fisher, aren't going to be around forever. Like they need it to get this story in to finish that. And then they can go back and 30 years is a huge gap. I mean, look how much Clone Wars they put in in three. You know, that's a three year gap or something like that. A two year Mm -hmm. gap. They put in eight seasons, you know, type of thing. So. Uh, but OT, yeah. to, OT to sequel trilogy is 30 years. Return of the Jedi to Force Awakens is on the order of 30 years. Yeah. Because yeah. Kylo was, wait, wasn't Kylo supposed to be like 35? Right. Kylo's 29 because he was 29? born one year. Okay. He's born one year after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Okay. So that's why, that's why 30 sounded, but it's 30. It's, it's, it's on the order of 30. It's on the order of high 20s. But anyway, okay. So there's a bigger right gap between right uh, those movies than uh, 
a new hope in revenge of the sith <laughs> you know yeah. There's a ton so of yeah, there's a so to the point. There's a lot of Luke's story that could be you know we could see that swashbuckle. We see him, which we've seen in Mando now. Star destroyers out of the sky. You know we can see Luke doing. You know there's some way to tell those stories. Unfortunately, it will have to be with a, well maybe yeah no it'd have to be with a different actor. You could do Hamill and the de aging like they're doing for Harrison and 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 Raiders whatever. But it just I think a, a, let a new actor do that and and tell us those stories. But, but you, people carry on about that. that. They can't do that for. A solo and they cry you're doing that solely for action scenes not for story though you know what i mean like i i I think i like the story that we got like him actually acting and telling something instead of just oh let's jump around video well so you could you know a good creative you could have the action scene but the story going to getting to luke to this a sequel trilogy point if you will so to speak yeah. him seeing some things in actions that are taking place and everyone looking to him like lo the, the jedi are back or whatever and you know seeing how that i don't want to say sours him but seeing how that gets him to this point of the what's he say the the jedi were um to think they own the light that they were um uh whatever his dialogue is she was no, like monologuing to her uh, anyway uh, it's there's create there's there's story in that 30 year to so that he doesn't go from return of the because that's what everybody does they go from return of the jedi to the last jedi and those two lukes don't square well no there's 30 years in between there the luke uh, you know again i don't want to say got soured but you know something something goes to where he realizes so much was beholden on a single lightsaber, you know, like 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 Tony said of how how much weight was put into this lightsaber by us as fans, by Ray as this character, hearing all those stories. And it's not that the Jedi don't own the force. They don't own the light. It's 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 understanding and appreciating that aspect that they were um, hubris. What the hell does he say? Anyway, that force will be free. No. <laughs> so so for the sake of time, we'll just have to kind of keep. Moving on. Again, we could talk about this for four hours, um, but that's a lot of editing for Ricky. So the next kind of big talking point, I guess, would be the floating Leia scene. So Which that was I had no problem. With. <laughs> I thought it was awesome. I'm like, we finally get to see her using the force. Like I waited like so many years to see Leia use the force. Two times before that scene, you see her kind of react in a way. Yeah. Before happens when the cannons at the beginning when they're launching off the planet when the cannons point at the ship um that's when she she looks up that she's in danger type of thing before the bombers hit you know she senses danger and just now right before the other tie fighters or whatever it is right before they shoot she looks up and senses danger so she's showing that she is attuned to the force without having to be I got a lightsaber and watch me do all these flips because I have the force. It's like well, in the other movie in Force Awakens, she like does the whole Yoda sitting down because he feels the disturbance thing, you know? Yeah. So she's yeah. definitely connected to the force. And this is just like Leia. People always wanted a Leia scene and it didn't have to be her back to back with Luke flipping and fighting, you know, Yoda style to show yeah. that she, her focus was always the Republic and building peace type of and thing. And the great foreshadowing when she's floating to the ship, she goes through Snoke's ship and cuts it in half of the hologram, which is like that that's, happens later in the movie. Like that's, that's I always think that's awesome that they did that. One of my attaboys for Ryan Johnson because it's just like that's amazing. Nobody sees that. Nobody sees that. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you know what? That that kind of reminds me of the Holo maneuver. But as far as Leia in space, I never got it because like the negativity because she's going to die like that's she's the thing. so strong in force that she 
stayed alive. Yeah. It's, it's fight or flight. And when your body, when you're about to die and it's everything you got to just reach out and just pull yourself through empty space. She isn't jumping four stories like Obi-Wan or plummeting five stories, smacking his back and then falling five more and then bouncing right back up. She pulled herself through empty <laughs> space. She gets back on the ship and then she goes in a coma for like the rest of the movie. Like she isn't some super, she doesn't, I always like, I, I liked to tease people that, Oh, she didn't pull herself to the ship. She pulled the ship to her. And it would just make people more. I didn't think the force wasn't done with her yet. Like it was just the will of the force that she. I like up. that, Ryan. She pulls the ship, ship to, to her. <laughs> that is, that is a good one. Um, uh, Kylo's in, not indecision, but previously oh, yeah. he talked, you know, Snoke's giving in grief and he's like, well, I killed Han Solo when the time was, you know, I didn't hesitate. And I just made it happen. He's like, yeah, look how it broke you. Yeah, it's but then when it comes time to pull the trigger on mom, he he flinches and he doesn't, and that is such a brief scene, but oh, so wonderfully powerful, just dynamically powerful. But then his 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 wingmen do fire, and to to think of what that character, what Kylo thinks at that moment of oh no, oh wait, what whatever does Kylo have some play, his force ability and keeping her safe mm. clearly not pulling her to the ship but those missiles are about to you know, hit you know they obviously kylo and, and and mom had a connection right there and he backs off the trigger she knows what's about to happen he knows what's about to happen in terms of what they're targeting but his wingmen fire so then he's oh no mom wait huh does he do something to help protect her so she's not blown up in in in, in the missiles hitting but then she's obviously oh. using the force to 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 pull the ship to her. I'm going to use that from now on, right? To pull the ship to her to to bring her back in. The only thing that was visually weird about it is is the whole we just saw Guardians of the Galaxy and it or, and it very much looked a uh, Mary Poppins ish. Yeah. So with the um, that was the weird the freezing that was, that was enough, yeah that so her stance and and everything and her her silhouette and, and and flying through space was a little like we had just sort of seen a visual like that and seemed to be aping it to some extent or whatever but what she does in that moment like you say the use of the force to keep herself safe I've never really thought of Kylo having much of a an impact in that till Honestly, just now, as we discuss this with fellow Star Wars fans, that he could have also been a part of keeping her safe in that because he mm. doesn't didn't you know, he didn't pull the trigger. But her oh, pulling she... the ship to her with a force. Sure. Why would she not be able to? She's a twin to Luke Master Jedi Luke Skywalker. Why wouldn't she be able to do that? I do. I do like that point, Ron. And again, I never thought of that either, because she's the only one that survives. So. Yeah. As we yeah. with Grogu, he can kind of block force blast. Kylo could have easily kind of moved the missiles to the side, but not fully commit it. He's just like, OK, I'm not going to do this. And then at the last second, protected her. She's still sucked out to space. But Ryan Johnson has this interesting way of storytelling, kind of back to the remote control thing that you're talking about, where he almost backtracks the story a couple seconds at a time. So it's not a streamlined, a straight story. It's like the story that's like, we'll take a quick step back. So even though she was sucked out into space, it goes to a different scene for like five minutes and then it goes back to Leia. That doesn't mean she was out in space for 10 or 15 minutes. Like this, if you just cut out that middle scene where it separates those two things and make it immediately, she's only out there for like 10 or 15 seconds. And we see, I think rebels did it too. Where, rebels did a lot. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Space. And it was like, okay, but it's animated. So you're like, okay, that's fine. And this is live action. So people are more critical, but like she was, 
in a coma. She didn't come back like ready to fight. She took a lot of damage yeah. and she, with the most best healing in the galaxy of Bacta. And she was gone until Luke woke her up using the force as connection. So it's like, I never got the super negativity. And like you said, it is a matter of circumstances. We just had guardians and it is a comical point, but people just use that as a negative. And I, I feel like it's just on fish. It's like, okay, yeah, they're both in space. They both kind of fly through. What is your body supposed to do in space? What position do you have? Like, you wanted to stand at well, that's, plus, that's where, plus that's where it becomes problematic because the, the body and space, the physics. So again, yeah. we, 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 we uh, discount a lot of, you know, real world physics uh, when watching Star Wars, but the body in space probably isn't because she's, she's, you talk about the, the time lapse or whatever, but she's blown away from the ship. She's pretty far away from, from where she needs to be that she's out in space for a long time in terms of she's got a long flight to get back to the ship and then even opening the door wasn't like there was an airlock on the other side they opened the ship to to wide oh. open space so there's there is legit some some how are we squaring that kind of thing with that scene because of the human body flesh in in the space and then her getting to that airlock or to that door and then they open it and get her inside then close it again there's a whole but it's for, for it was a i think it was the visual of it is what bothered yeah. people not, yep. not that yep. not the act not the, the visual act, not, funny. That, not that she had the power to do it but it was just the, the the visual of it is I think what what people had a problem with, and I think and I think it was it was not really anybody's fault. But I mean, it's like one, okay, it's Carrie Fisher. She's a middle you know middle older aged woman. Two, she was wearing like a gown, yeah. and three, it's like the motion of it, the way it it when you put all those three things together and the motion of her floating through space, pulling herself. She wasn't just floating or flying; she was pulling herself. Yeah, she wasn't flying. Yeah, I think it's like when you put those three things together, you know, the visual, I think it didn't it didn't make a a dynamic or really cool or awesome, you know, force. Well, and then if she puts both visual. hands out, then they'd say she's Superman, you know, like it would have yeah, been. Right, exactly. Them. Yeah, I thought the same thing, Ricky. I thought the same thing. I was like, well, what if she had put both hands out? I was like, well, then it would have seemed like she was flying. Right. And then if she goes feet first, her dress is overhead. So, I mean, you can't do that either. <laughs> But I mean, it's like, this is one of those things where, like Ryan, you said, you know, you kind of put the work in a little bit. It's like, OK, so she's, you know, an older woman floating in space, you know, wearing her gown or whatever. You know, it's not a perfect situation. It's just the situation she was in. So I don't know. How is that supposed to look? I do have a question. Crane, what, crane technique stands and then she floats. What, <laughs> what do we think? Really looking at that scene. What do we think? Poe and them are looking out the window. They've never and, seen anything like that. And before. see yeah. her, and, and Poe cheers. Away. Do they know Princess Leia or General Leia has the four? What oh. are they thinking in that moment that she's Ew, but flying just like through space? You know, I'm just now realizing that I don't know that they would think she has the four. She wouldn't necessarily have shown think... that off. How, what yeah, are they, how, where are they square? But I, right. What are they? They know by now. I'm sure her family lineage, you know. So it's not that big of a leap to think, oh yeah. wow, she's force sensitive too, or she she can do stuff too. Well, you know the, first, I mean? the first time. Well, that's true. Ray says sees... my sister sent you to Luke, or yeah. Leia sent me, or no, she just says Leia. Does she say yeah. your sister? Anyway, that's, yeah, she, I think she that's an interesting. Your I, I know she says Leia. 
Yeah, she's yeah, but I mean, I think listening. in the book, in the books, didn't I, and you guys, I know you guys read the books more than I do at this point, but uh, isn't there's one where, right? I mean, if she gets outed that she's Darth Vader's daughter, right? By yeah, that I think point, it's in so. Bloodlines, right? Bloodlines, yeah, yeah that's the one. So does. I mean, so it's it's kind of common knowledge that you know she's she's the daughter of Darth Vader. She's the but did anybody know Darth Vader had powers? I would imagine. I mean, they knew he was a fallen Jedi, so right. But did they? I don't know. I've never read that book, so I don't really know what the I public knew either, about Vader. I just kind of assumed people by that point knew the whole story of who Darth Vader was and Anakin Skywalker. You know, it's like I kind of, I just assumed by that point everybody knows. Like Anakin. nobody knew the Emperor had powers, so you know. They didn't no, by the time, like in yeah. that, at that point, didn't they know that he was a Sith? And no, they'd have to just take Luke's word for it, and I don't think he did any kind of publicity tour. Me, I don't know. I maybe I need to read that. Well, book. let's just say that uh, anybody on their side would probably would know, yeah, would know yeah. and believe it. You know, maybe not like the whole, they've heard the stories, know, galaxy, like but they've yeah. heard the stories, and anybody that kind of is in proximity to them. Well, that's that's why, like in the end of the movie, when Ray's moving all the rocks, Poe's just looking there like. Okay, this is the force. This is another one of these yeah. people. <laughs> you know, someone has the force. It's still amazing to see it. Type yeah. Of thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. and back to what you were saying, Ron, about the doors where she was flying through space and then she opens the door. If you look really, and again, this is like the thing where you got to look really closely. They didn't make it obvious, but she flies past another airlock. So it's a double airlock system. Mm-hmm. There's another door there the door closes behind her because even when it looks through the window when she falls out there's a closed door at her back so and that's what that air rush is because it's pressurized between the two doors now so she it doesn't open the door to space one closes behind her and then the door opens up for poe so there is a door behind her in yeah because scene. otherwise when poe opened the door they all would have been sucked out into yeah, yeah I, i'll rewatch that one again You'll notice if you look at her back, like when she falls out or something, there's a closed door behind her. So it's it's definitely a double airlock system. Again, Ryan Johnson definitely takes some, you know, some steps with the storytelling because he wants to tell he wants to show tension. So there's times where it's like, yeah, you definitely went to the max with tension. And then you got to wind the story back a few seconds to be like, oh, she caught the remote. That tension got you. Sabine would have cut that remote with the, the other hand because <laughs> in the car she could flip around and do all that stuff. <laughs> floating Leia scene makes sense when you look at the bigger span of the character. So like, uh, watching it, I didn't really. I was just so stoked that she was like first time watching. So stoked that she was using the force for you know, on screen yeah. that we could see. You know, I deposed none of that. It didn't even get in my head. <laughs> who knows what the ninth movie would have shown? So the world yeah. changed passing of Carrie Fisher. So it's like anything that they could have shown is gone now, and it's all just into fanfic. So. On to the kind of the next big thing. Um, I feel like lumping Holdo together as a character. So from her taking command, um, her headbutting with Poe, a lot of people complained about, all the way to her maneuver. So she's got a – she was – oh, man, I don't even know how to say it. She was supposed like, to suck. You know, like she was supposed to, like, not be a good – like, you know. She was, you were, suppo- she was you were supposed, supposed to, to hate her. Yeah, you were supposed to hate her. I don't feel like that, though. I don't feel like we were supposed to like, like people are targeting her and they go it's like, oh, it's just this purple hair woman that's in command type of thing. And I feel like they go too far with her character where it's like I mean, it, if you, it'd be the same thing if it was just like, I mean, we see it with the Imperials all the time. You got the you know, person that doesn't listen. They're like, well, I'm in charge. You know, that's me. It doesn't matter if she's a woman or not. It, it's just that that was the role, you know, and like, yeah, she should have probably 
been a lot nicer and you know like oh let's do this you know we're this is what we're doing everybody we're gonna get on these ships instead of being so secretive about it um maybe but that was just her. That, yeah maybe she were that there was a spy on the ship because they just tracked through hyperspace yeah. so in my mind it's like well, maybe she doesn't totally trust everyone poe just cost all the bombers and even though leia likes them she's mad at him you know, yeah. Leia slapped him in the face, and I'm sure she went right to Holdo and was like, I can't believe this freaking guy. And now Leia's in a coma all because of this on foaming. So Holdo's probably of a lifelong friend, which her and Holdo have adventures in like a – it's almost yeah. – and after rewatching The Last Jedi this morning, I am going to read that book because I want to know about their friendship. I, I read like the first quarter of it. I didn't finish it. But yeah, it does have a lot of stuff with them as kids. Yeah, she's probably so mad at him. It's like she's almost dead because of all these actions unfolding because of you. And she's she didn't slap him. Leia did. You know, she's just like, yeah, you deserve that. And then yeah. at the end of the movie, jumping way ahead, she's like, I really do like that guy, you know, type of thing. So it's just like she always kind of trusted him. But she was I'm, I'm holding back my language here, but she He's was like mad. Captain, not commander. Right? I know because you were demoted. I, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I know when I was watching the movie last yeah. night, like my. uh uh feelings about uh her you know i I, i've come around to like her a lot as a character but as i was watching it last night what i was thinking is like oh no you know like i'm totally on her side not poe's side poe's being an ass right now it's like yeah he was things are dire at this moment there's a there's a strict chain of command here you know she's at the top of it so let's fall in and whatever she says goes you know you're kind of a military dude you know you it's not the time to be screwing around you know what i mean and really, he was—he thought he was going to be next in line to be in charge. He thought he was like, "Oh, I'm." Leia's sure, there's like that. There's pet, that look. You know? There's <laughs> that look when, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, when they're talking Ooh. about who's next in command, you know. And I don't know if he thought he was next in command, but uh, you know, clearly he wasn't. I, I like when his, the friend guy is like, "Pull," you know, and he tells yeah. him like, "Hey, where are you going?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean, she's she's a great character, and she played it, you know, really well because yeah, Laura Dern's just watch awesome. it. You know, like we said, she's meant to be kind of a foil and not like, and you don't know where, who the hell is this woman? Yeah. Where'd she come from? And, you know, how she just stepping in here? You know, uh, why are we supposed to follow her? And then the end, you, you find out that, yeah, she was actually nice. Yeah. And then at the how, end, do, yeah you, how do we square her not telling him the plan, though? Yeah. Well, because she, she shouldn't have to tell him the he plan. He just kind of walk up kind of arrogant, like, okay, what are I mean, we doing? Like, we got, yeah, she's he, like, he's yeah, the main character to us, but right in the, in the, in yeah. the scheme of of hierarchy or what's going on there, he's just a, a flyboy pilot. Yeah, in, but to in us, world, in more. universe, it's like you fall in line behind whoever the 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 ranking officer is. You know, like, what, like, what's that? What's that Terminator movie where um with Christian Bale? Like, you know, we're what? The, the, uh, that's Terminator Salvation. Salvation. So you would think going in that movie, watching them, like, okay, this is John Connor's story. He's a grunt in that movie. Like no one listens to him right. or anything, you know, because yeah. it's not yeah. he's not in charge. And it's the military, you know. It's exactly. kind of the same thing with this. And then you, you know? get up in arms. You're like, well, why isn't he? In he's like, well, he's just a kid in this one. <laughs> he <Yeah>. hasn't <laughs> he hasn't earned anything yet. You know what I mean? And when you take a step back and you look at it from you know outside, you know, it's like no, you're supposed to fall in line behind Holden. And that's green. They show all the bombers are all all half the ships. Most of the ships are destroyed. Like yeah. when Leia's looking at it, she's like, "Oh, yeah. we lost so many people." And you can just imagine the first thing Leia did is call up her buddy Holdo, and it's like, "You would not believe what this flyboy pilot just did." Back in our old days, remember that? And she probably just trash talked him. She's like, "I had to demote his butt," type of thing. 
And then yeah. she comes up and he's like, you know, what's going on? What's the plan? And she's probably just like, get out of my face. Like, my best friend's in a coma. I don't need your mouth type of thing. And that's the thing. People got so mad that a woman was pretty much taking charge and told Poe to shut up. Like, she's like, just go away. Yes, out us as viewers – you could have just easily talked about it like, oh, here's the plan. Um, and in the book, it's discussed more that Rose invents the technology for all these shuttles to be invisible to scanners. She makes thrust because the way that they track ships is they track it's like hyperspace and it's thruster signal. Rose invents something to block that. That's why later in the movie when they say, oh, we'll use decloaking, it's Rose's invention that caused that. Because of all the situation with Poe and Finn, and again, I I, can't, I don't want to go too much into that. I feel like I can have a whole podcast just on that mistake. Again, this is a movie of failures, um, of characters learning and growing. But Holdo was just mad at him, you know, and her best friend was in a coma. She's trying to get all this stuff together. She has this guy that keeps pulling on her shirt, like, what's going on? What's going on? <laughs> and she doesn't know if there's a spy, maybe. And it's just like, I'm going to load everyone onto the ships. I know that they have cloaking devices and we're going to sneak away and it's going to work. Like we're not going to oh, that that's what it is. We as fans, we as movie watchers, we see Poe as a main character. We see Leia as a main we know Leia as a main character and we see Holdo as a main character. So why aren't the main characters talking to each other? And that's where we get incensed about why she doesn't tell him. But in in the scenario of what's going on there, he's just a flyboy pilot. He's not anything, you know, he's done, he's done good things for the resistance, whatever, but he's not elevated at any status yet. So he doesn't, he does not deserve to not deserve, but he doesn't, there's just no need for it. It it wouldn't, the hierarchy is not there. Like you guys are saying, but the disconnect or the problem fans have was, was disjointing or, you know, realizing those, those two, because his main character status in in the scenes that we're watching and, and who he is type of thing um, that they elevated Han very quickly and made him a general to lead the ground attack on the, on the shield generator type of thing. We, we think of Poe in that sense, but they haven't done that yet. They haven't, haven't gotten to that point of, 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 of elevating Poe in any way, shape or form. So that's, that's how you square that, or that's how we can square that easy enough that he's just, he's, he's just another pilot. He's one of the ACE pilots, but no reason to truly, tell him you know every nuanced part of the plan so yeah it makes and it every, every makes time sense. i watch it i'm like had they just stayed there on the ship and not done their plan to go do that like they would have been fine but no because all the stuff they do they ruin the whole thing and then everybody gets killed because they spill the beans to dj like that's just it's like it's a it's a movie about failures and how do you learn from it you know which and yoda they, says you know oh, that's a fascinating piece you're saying if they don't go to canto bite yeah he would have just trusted her. They yeah. never would have, if Finn would have went there and been like, whoa, let's just wait and see what Holdo's going to do and we'll work together. He's like, yeah, yeah. I'm a little bit of hot water. But he's like, no, let's go. Let's use your plan. Let's do off all this stuff. I don't trust Holdo. If they would have never went, Holdo's plan would have worked. They would have snuck in the ships. They would have got to Canto Bight in secret. And, you know, all well, the. Well, no, they didn't even have to go. They would have went to that crate. No. Point, right? Yeah, they he's, he's saying, don't go, to, don't go to Canto Bight at all. Just go to crate and hide there. And, and they would. The, the would have passed on, yeah. First yeah. Order would have would have kept following the empty ships and never known that they went down there. The only reason they went knew they went down there is, huh, the the DJ, you know, the criminal was telling the truth for once. Who would have guessed it? You know, that's yeah. the only reason they know. Yeah, because he's about telling them. them over the speakerphone of what where they're planning. <laughs> so if they do that, that squares, you know, that would keep them all safe down there if they but what about Ray? Didn't they need to go there to break into to 
What were they going to Canto Bight for? To get the code breaker to get into Snoke's ship. They didn't even know Ray was there. Ray. Why they were they know. trying to get on the shoot now? I'm rewatching a movie, but I they didn't, didn't know Ray was there at all. Totally. Wait, why were they trying to get on the Snoke's ship? To stop the hyperspace tracking, because uh, Finn and Rose yeah. were like... It was to stop the... the uh, hyper- right, right, right. They had like eight, se- eight, 16 seconds or something they could I'm, I'm, jump I'm hyperspace. I'm sticking, sticking on the... Um, Finn was desperately trying to track Ray. How was she going to know where they were type of thing? But right, they were trying to get on the ship to stop the hyperspace tracking. So if they don't do that, DJ doesn't sell them out, and they get the crate just fine. Yeah. yeah, that is interesting. Like you say, uh, a study in character failure or, or you know, following that, that Holdo had it. Holdo had a good plan until it got screwed if, up. But that, that, whole thing, that whole thing is kind of like a Star Wars trope in a way. You know, it's like it's like if you go back, like look at the in A New Hope. Right. Uh, now that we have Rogue One, right. Everything they went through to get the plans to the Death Star and then the plans. Little did little did uh, did they know that those very plans that all these people died to get we're gonna end up on the death star right in r2d2 you know like because of luke and han you know and getting caught and the whole thing and little did they know that those very plans were actually already on the death star you know just like i was thinking that uh the the holdo and and post situation and her taking command and and uh it reminded me of when uh they went to rescue leia from the death star and then she takes over, right? Because somebody needs to save their skins, right? And then she, yeah. you know, and she's like, "Well, some rescue." You know, it's kind of like the same thing. You know, Poe has that sort of attitude, that hotshot attitude. Who's this lady? You know what I mean? It's like I know what I'm doing, but uh, yeah. It's been character growth. Like he he goes from not trusting leadership to having to be a member of leadership. So yeah, if he would have followed the rules and just trusted them, nothing would have happened. But you can't have side characters just sitting on a ship twiddling their thumbs so it's like okay we got to give them this side thing it's about yeah. so it's brilliant yeah, that, but that is a fascinating uh, look at this how the story transport or a what if type of thing what if they just stay don't go to cano bite and follow hold all those plans yeah what happens um, to ray because she doesn't have to do the holdo maneuver no right she gets to escape with them too the only reason she pulls the holdo maneuvers because they're attacking the ships and she's desperate to keep them safe in some fashion to get them to the to crate so she she gets to escape as well they all go traipsing off and then and the first order is following um empty ships but right what how what happened what happens to ray because ray then that's a different story that's a whole another podcast ryan right because then Ray doesn't get the opportunity to escape because Holdo maneuver doesn't happen, you know, in that ship and all yeah, that. So yeah, so like during the gotta save that. We gotta save all this speculation for another another time, fellas. Because yeah, yeah it, that could be a lot of fun. Is the what the heck happens? That's a whole different movie. What different story there? What's your next talking point, Ryan? So I'm gonna skip a few here since it's <laughs> like almost noon here. Um, I had like Ray and Kylo seeing each other, but we'll skip that. Canto bite. I just like to say Canto bite is just the new cantina scene. Um, and it had a deeper meeting amongst societal norms and how, like, the rich gain power. And it had a, a lot of meaning to the real world, so I respect it on that. And BB-8's uh, mistaken for a slot machine, which is hilarious. <laughs> so, again, we don't have four hours, so unfortunately we'll skip that. But the next big talking point, I feel like, is Luke flashbacks. Like, that, what a storytelling method in Star Wars to see a scene three different times from two different perspectives. And what I can't stand is a lot of people 
seems to have stopped watching the scenes after the second flashback. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Luke tried to kill his whatever's nephew. But no, he didn't. Did you not watch the third scene? Like what you've seen in the second scene is from the point of view from Ben. Oh, Ben is being manipulated by the dark side right now. Ben just didn't wake up magically. He was woken up. You know, he would, in my opinion, he was woken up by Snoke or Palpatine or whatever it may be. And like, it was, it was a plan. The whole scene was a plan type of thing where it's um, Luke senses darkness and Ben, but it's not Ben's darkness. It's put there. By another force. And he says he's been, he's been noticing things for a while now, and then he gets some kind of vision, and then that's when he goes and confronts him. But then he changes his mind. That's that's all that happened. And then Kylo goes off for some reason. You know. And in the book, like the biggest support of my theory of in the book, Luke specifically said, even in the movie, he says, like a fleeting shadow, it passes. So yeah. Luke doesn't even realize what he's doing. He pulls his light. He's has so much focus on Ben at that moment. He doesn't realize that he's pulling his saber in fear. And you see it. And again, this is why I think he deserves like best supporting actor. The fear in his eyes that when yeah. he gets the saber, and then he's like, and it passes. So whatever character you want to use, Snoke or Palpatine, they used all their power just to make Luke light a lightsaber. And then that's all they had. And Luke turned and looked at it like. What did I just do? And Ben wakes up at that see, moment. My my personal headcanon, I think he saw Kylo kill Han. Because when Chewbacca gets there, he's like, where's Han? You know, the Falcon's here. Where's Han? You know, I think he saw that. Like, you know, the bad things that Kylo was going to do. Maybe burning down the villages and all that stuff. So he's like, goes in there. Because Luke is hasty. Luke was hasty in Empire Strikes Back. He like, I'm going to stop training. I'm going to go run and save my friends at Cloud City. He was like, no, don't go. And then... He's like, I'm not going to kill my father. And then he pulls his saber on Vader when he threatens Leia. Like, he's hasty. He has these, like, you know, quick decisions. Like, and he shouldn't. But then he ultimately he puts the saber down in uh, Return of the Jedi. And he does the same thing here. He's like, I'm going to have to take care of this. And then he's like, wait, I can't. You know, and he turns it off. I don't even think he goes that far. I just don't think it's his thought at all because that's a big character thing where it's like, I'm going to light my saber on my grand, you know, my nephew. It's like, no, no, he didn't. He doesn't. Like you said, like a fleeting shadow, it passes, and yeah. you see the pain in his eyes. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, what? He's like, this isn't me, and it wasn't Luke. It was an outside influence, and that outside influence made Ben see the scene differently. That's why it like, drives me crazy. Yeah. That's why yeah, that's- you know it's two different things, because what we see from Ben's point of view didn't actually happen. That's how you know it's an outside influence. Well, they yeah, were both I've... kind of like, because even I, I, when Luke says, you know, like, oh, he was just a frightened little boy, a frightened little boy would not burn down his school and kill everybody and, you know, throw his master's house on, you know, like he was already corrupted at that point Yeah. to do that. He would have just been like, oh, what are you doing? Like, uncle, you know, no, he didn't. He immediately went to like DEFCON 5 and took everybody out. You know, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. In my head, Kenan, like, I think, uh. A big number had been done already on Kylo, on or on Ben, rather, at that point. Yeah. Uh, like, Snoke was a presence in his life, you know, at that point. And I think much like uh, Sidious, you know, had been working on Anakin, you know, uh, Snoke was doing the same thing with with uh, Ben. So that 
he probably had already planted seeds telling him, you know, at some point he's going to try to kill you. He's going to realize that you have different thoughts, that you don't see the force the way he does. And his answer will be to kill you. So you got to be prepared for that. You know, like, and that's kind of my head cannon. No, to Tony's exactly right. Yeah, that Snoke had been working on him. We didn't see that. We didn't get told all that. Nobody really touched on that. But, I mean, you can kind of put the pieces together. And then based on the way things worked out with Anakin, I think that's exactly, that was the play with Ben. And that's why he reacted the way he did. You know what I mean? It's like he had been warned, watch, Luke's going to try to kill you. The minute he feels that you're not going the way he wants you to, he's going to try to take you out. So you got to be ready for that. Kyla was... And that's exactly what happened. You know, Luke had that moment of hesitation. He had been sensing the darkness growing in, in Ben. Who knows what else he had seen uh, that he had done. I'm sure he had done, you know, other stuff that, you know, kind of kind of put those He's in the back, in, like killing mice head. and cats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Kylo was brainwashed. Kylo was... You know, Kylo was turned. Kylo was brainwashed. Kylo was yeah. turned. He Luke even says, you know, I saw that Snoke had turned his heart. And, oh, and there it. you go. And and so there's that brainwashing aspect of of trying to, uh, you know, those outside influences steering steering. You know, Leia and and Han have that that there is parents trying to steer him in this direction, but you have your kid being influenced by these other people. That because as parent and and it rung home for me as a, a parent with kids trying to steer them in in one not steer but but you know trying to go down a path that that, that you think of but they have all these outside influences uh, friends teachers um, uh, counselors whatever you know other things that are influencing and and having them choose a different path than what yours are so he has this brainwashing aspect that when he sees it come to fruition in that fleeting moment where and again Ryan points out that everyone misses that and that in the briefest of moments like a passing shadow it was so quick he didn't sit there and 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 really think about killing him it was just a a brief thought of you know if i do that but then in that same moment in that same incident of having the thought of well if i kill him that ends it all and all that darkness isn't going to happen he also had the same thought of okay yeah they're not going to and was left with shame for even having that briefest of moment having the thought of it but 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 just in that moment of having that thought, all that brainwashing comes to fruition that that Ben wakes up, you know, and sees that and and the brainwashing kicks into what's Tony's points was saying that the, the what they said has now come true. Your master, your your you know, your your master's trying to you know, is gonna try to kill you, trying to take care and he's not. He's just trying to look out for what's best for him and and is worried about him and is looking over him. It's his kids all you know, it's his sister's kid. All of that that goes into that in that briefest moment. Yeah, everyone looks over that that dialogue that is that this was just the fleetingest of moments to uh, this same sort of scene or whatever where we see the flashback. I want to pull a, a Ryan Johnson on you, Ryan, and, and step back a little bit in the in the movie or whatever because that's where Luke reconnects with the Force. Ray is 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 pushing him and is attacking him and saying, challenging him and saying, "Is it true? Did you create Kylo Ren?" and 
they're having a, a battle in the rain or whatever to where Luke is Jedi Master Luke Skywalker and just dodging and parrying all of her staff shots and or whatever. Again, it's angry Ray again. <laughs> but she does get the best of him to some extent. To, or no, he gets the best of her, but she force pulls the lightsaber that's in the area or whatever. And, and, and that forces Luke to stumble back or whatever. Yeah. And that's where he reconnects with the force. It's a very brief scene, but it's incredibly powerful. I love it to death that, that, that Ray's pulling the lightsaber on Skywalker who doesn't have any sort of defenses and he falls back, but he uses the force. He reconnects with the force and catches himself. He's sitting there hovering and holding himself before he lets himself down onto the ground. And that's, you know, he reconnects with the force and then tells the the flashback or then's when we see the flashback of what truly happens in that moment and his shame and like you say his supporting actor nod should have been there because that yeah. scene you know how he portrays that even adam driver whatever the two of them but what goes on there that he looks inside the eyes sleeping mind and and sees darkness that it's probably like you said uh, tony put there by by snoke and 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 corrupting his mind, putting things in there, and and he still. What's Ray say that your failure was that thinking his choice was made for him, and it wasn't, yeah. and it wasn't in that you know wasn't until that moment comes to fruition. All the brainwashing happens, and he, he he does sort of create Kylo Ren, or, or the moment he failed him thinking his his choice had been made before that point, and it wasn't until that point that all the brainwashing comes to fruition, and he's thinks he's being attacked by his master, by his uncle, you know, and, and the shame that Luke feels and all of that. Yeah, it's it's such a misinterpreted, mis everybody's just upset. Why would Luke try scene. to, yeah. yeah, right? It is. It's a very powerful, compelling, wonderful, uh, impactful scene, but everybody just goes, oh my, Luke's trying to kill his nephew. He would never do that. And <laughs> totally look past. He wouldn't never do that. That's why he didn't. <laughs> he didn't. You're right, exactly. Totally look past all the impactful storytelling that's a part of that scene and 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 what goes and on they're, in, they're putting in you his in luke's flashback mind, you know? yeah and luke's flashback there that that's a wonderful part of the movie again because of how ray challenges luke questions luke and gets luke to admit to it but also to reconnect with the force and and, and see Ron, i, I want to ask you having now re, you rewatching it like you said i'm um, having read shadow of the sith now and seeing the interactions in that book with uh, Ben and Luke, like how much more did that add anything for you to the movie between uh, Luke and Ben? I need to, re we need to re I don't remember the scenes so much of, or I don't remember. I feel like, like it was him. any negative. I don't feel like he was being a jerk to him or anything. No, no, they were right, so right, like exactly. close. No, he wasn't. It was, it was close. Yeah. It, it, it speaks to what Ricky's going for there. It speaks to the power of how close they were and yeah, how, how, how in that fleeting moment and how shameful Luke felt for even having that thought. But in the same brief as the moments having the thought, he also, you know, squashed such a thought for, yeah. you know, felt shame for having, having such a thought. Now, granted he's in the room, he does ignite the lightsaber or anything, but it, it's, it's, it, it's in flashback. We don't see how quickly it truly happens. It's in the, him telling the story of the flashback that everyone takes that flat, both flashback scenes is how that's transpiring, but it's how someone's telling of that story of and, and it doesn't really co convey how quickly thoughts transpired and and, and pieces were to it or whatever but yeah it's it's very heartbreaking because you know again that's you know it's his nephew it's his sister's kid you know but i think right even leia says that snoke already had him and that's yeah. the tragedy right. of you know ben solo he's manipulated his entire life right from 
sides because it's just like you're meant to be this great thing look up to your grandfather but then he always has this voice in his head that's like you're never going to be good enough nothing you do they don't trust you you know i trust you though and then it finally and then the scene his life is manipulated to a point where a crescendo is where it's like see he pulled a lightsaber on you i told you this was going to happen but even luke was manipulated at that point and i swear it's in the book i know i read it somewhere but i can't seem to find it that like someone it took all their strength you know all the darkness they had just to move luke skywalker's thumb it's because he was distracted by the thing he loved most was family and all, all the power in the universe, all they had was to move his thumb a, a tiny bit. And it was that's all they needed. Wake up, Ben. See the image. Everything I've been telling you your life is true. It all falls apart. And it worked. It's the you whole, like, the Palpatine, like, see, the Jedi are taking over. And they're, you know, they're not teaching you things. And, you know. That's and if you think about it, that's what happened to Anakin. You know. It's too dangerous to be kept alive. You know. against <laughs> me. You know, it's the tragedy of Anakin. He had this great life, but he wanted to do more. But. Instead of, you know, Anakin's dreams, in my opinion, were put there by Palpatine. The death of his nub of his mother was manipulated, in my opinion, by Palpatine. Like his life is being manipulated to get what Palpatine wants ultimately, and that's you know a powerful user. And that's yeah, the, the, you, you need that manipulation for them so that they, the individual, be it Anakin or be it uh, Ben, in this point, will believe it themselves. You know, you just can't tell them and say, oh, no, come to the dark. You know, you, you manipulate to, to a point of when 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 it finally comes true, when you finally see it. I told you it's the Jedi that are, you know, corrupt. it's 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 your master that's trying to kill. When you see that and you're like, like see, oh, I that's told all you. Yeah, yeah. See, I told you comes true. But it was all manipulation by the by the bad guy, if you will, type of thing, whatever. And it's it, it, it is a sort of very powerful real world life lesson for for people for kids for anyone to learn whatever that you're going to have these bad influences telling you telling you these things to to even when you might see them come true to some extent or whatever to to not necessarily believe them see the you know to see them for what they really were and don't go hang out with old dudes in robes like there's there's (laughs) you know real world experiences where people do that they go down the path and then only after time only after something do they see that oh i was I was mistaken. I was down the wrong path. I was I was misled. You know th- that type of thing. Whatever. That's very real world uh, type of, of part of the wonderful Star Wars storytelling that is sort of getting is very layered, very deep, very you know not right in your face in this movie, but it it is there when you look at it. So the the school, his school, is that the same place that they're building on Mando? Right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. you could see the building in the back. You could see that stone building, the one that the that they were building on mm. on Mando, that where the little robots were bringing the the stone. Yeah, it's those big those big bricks. I liked all the trippy stuff in this movie. Like you had the the mirror cave, and then you had the the Force Link and all that stuff. Like I I, I like that mystical you know aspect of Star Wars. And th- this movie had a lot of that. So, again, it's, I got to skip over a bunch of stuff, which I hate to because it's so much to fall over in this movie. Um, and I wanted to I didn't want to talk only about Luke, but he's the biggest story in this and, you know, the most kind of attacks type of thing. So, unfortunately, I got to skip over the stuff again for a time. Um, I'm skipping over my big point of Ray versus Snoke. I'm skipping over. I really didn't want to. But again, I only got like 15 minutes left. The death of Snoke. I got to skip over. There's so much meaning behind you that. Swim. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what it was. <laughs> um, 
skipping over Rose saving Finn. There's so much more. And I'd be happy to do a second thing on The Last Jedi with the kind of the B story. But I feel like the last thing that we should probably close out on is Projection Luke and his death. Like people hate it. The death of Luke. Like this is not the movie of the original trilogy. How stupid were we watching this the first time, not realizing that Luke's holding the broken saber? You yeah, know? you don't even know it. You don't even know and that. That's, that's the direction, too, because you yeah. don't notice that. And a lot of people won't, but Luke, And we shouldn't notice it, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. The you first know. time I watched it, they showed... What do they do? They show Kylo's feet make an imprint in the in the sand. Yeah. You yeah. see the red... But they show Luke, There's and nothing. he moves, and he doesn't. And I remember thinking... Uh, I didn't think a You're whole... Like, they lot, messed you know, up. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't think they messed up. But clearly, they, but I was like, are they trying to show how Luke is 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 in tune with the Force, lighter on his on feet, air. or you know, they're showing something there that Luke is better at the Force than he is because he didn't mess up the salt, you know, the sand or whatever. Where I had no idea the projection thing, whatever, and 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 loved loved it then, loved watching it now every every time since or whatever because it is such a powerful. Uh, part of my level one badass master jedi yeah yeah just a powerful master jedi move on his nephew and see around when he he bends back matrix style and then the lightsaber goes like that's just it's cool and he spins around like there's so much stuff that's cool and cool shots the lasers at the beginning people are like and then he brushes the dust off his shoulder (sighs) it looks like blood and guts coming out on the ground (laughs) and you're like he's like oh and it's like yeah now he's going to pick up all these AT-ATs and he's going to crush them. And, all, and it's just like, no, that's not what Luke is. He isn't some God figure. He has an ulterior motive. And the way they take your eyes off the saber is by changing Luke. Cause I look, leaned over to my wife so many times and was like, why did, did he have time for a shave and a diet? Just for that's exa- yeah. That was yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I was oh very confused God. by that too. Yep. I yep. Was like, Man, he, he shaved and, and he dyed his hair too. I was like, what? <laughs> So I never noticed like the footprint stuff. I never noticed any to like the third viewing. And then someone pointed out, it's like, man, there's so many more smarter people than me. I don't watch scenes and I don't ask a question why his feet didn't leave a mark. I just accept it. Okay. Yeah. His his feet didn't leave a mark. I'm wanting to see what happens between Luke and Kylo. But then once you realize and you go to the end of the story and now you come back for the second viewing and you're just staring and you're like, I can't believe I missed it. Yeah. Stunning. So a lot of people, and again, I feel like this is fan expectations getting out of control. Like you said, we had the biggest cliffhanger in Star Wars history, um, the only cliffhanger, and we had to wait two years to get the story of one of the biggest movies of all time. And it was only like, what's Luke going to do? Is he going to go crazy? Is him and Leia going to teep up and all this crazy stuff? It's like, no, he's stuck on this planet. And it's not really him. Fooled you. Luke did the most Jedi thing possible, and that's sacrifice himself in a peaceful way. Just like, uh, look what Obi Wan did. He distracted Darth Vader. Yeah, so everyone... get away. There's yeah. he did that's... the same thing. Yeah, that's why I love <laughs> Ryan Johnson so much because it's like he. They say he disrespects the originals, but he, he... pays so much homage. homage yeah. yeah, it's that's exactly if you what look at the if you look at the history in Star Wars. The most like pivotal or, or important fights are the kind of the least violent. Mm-hmm. And, like if if you look at this one, right, there was no real violence happening because he wasn't even there. If you look at uh, Vader and uh, Obi Wan on the Death Star, like you said, they were just kind of 
you know, going back and forth a little bit, and it was more of a distraction than an actual fight. If you and look you at uh, if you look at uh, Obi Wan and Darth Maul's last fight, you know, like it it was over really quickly. You know, what people I mean? it's a huge battle, and yeah. I must say, when I first watched it, I was like, "What the heck is that?" And I had to listen to people be like, "Listen, that's not what this is." And I'm like, "Okay, you're right." I had my small caveman brain that was like, "Do battle, throw stuff," and it's like, of course. no. There's a story, and I never even seen that. It's like when people broke it down further on that scene, and it's like, no, you see him change his stance to Qui Gon's stance, and he predicts Maul's movement and takes him in one blow peacefully, and then lays him down. It's like that's the most Jedi thing you could do. Jedi are not like what people he, think. He did they the are. one inch punch, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know. So in his projection, and people get mad that Luke died. Listen, Luke didn't die. Luke. No. in legends so there was no way to get fans upset there's no way to do nothing he they there is Chewbacca, no... which is worse and made yeah. no sense <laughs> i which did makes me angry <laughs> and crushed him with the moon yes by saving kids so again he had a heroic sacrifice type of thing but you know this oh, is about moving Chewbacca. on and you know that's what the books that's what these movies do it was about moving on and closing chapters at the same time so we had to see the passing of all these characters and Luke Skywalker had to be a force ghost in the last movie. And to do that, you have to kill him in the second movie. You can't have him die in the ninth movie and then immediately just walk like, oh, my God, he's dead. And then ghost Luke be standing there like, what I miss? Like, you <laughs> need a passage of time. So you had to kill Luke. If you didn't expect Luke to die in there, you were crazy. Like, they straight up said this is the end of all the original characters. So it's like, OK, I want force ghost Luke. Uh, he needs to die in the second movie. Simple as that. And for him to die peacefully, sacrificing himself and doing what his masters did before him, letting himself go to the Force, after one of the biggest shows of strength in Star Wars history, so much so that not even a droid can tell this projection wasn't alive. Yeah. But he sees Obi-Wan Kenobi and Qui-Gon Jinn as ghosts. They can hear, he, you know... He winks at 3PO, and I think 3PO kind of knows. Well, you know? that, no, no, that's that's just Ryan Johnson's acknowledgement yeah. to say, hey, to show that he's just not a projection, a yeah. force ghost, we need to put a robot in there because a robot's not going to mistake a projection. What that robot sees is he feels like so has such a confused look in his face, though, when, when Luke shows up, you know, yeah. <laughs> like he does. He looks like what? It's not scan. He can tell his brain's like it's not scanning. Like, why is he here? Like what? Master Luke, you know. It's... And I think that's that's the skill of Ryan Johnson. You have to say, like, this thing is so powerful and so real, a droid thinks it's real. Kylo yeah. thinks it's real. He, for all sense and purposes, he is there. There, yeah. He, you know, it, he doesn't clash sabers at all. Um, So, you know, it's not right. that. He doesn't move anything. He just walks. But even a droid thinks, that's a real person in front of me. That's a, Then there's a group of people that are like, oh, my God, that's Luke Skywalker. Everybody sees this real person, and that's how strong it was. You don't have to pull a Death Star from the sky to be strong in the Force. You can just appear in Force projection. So it's like that's it is powerful because and and I think he's banking on his sort of rage because Kylo connected with the Force doesn't doesn't see that it's a an anomaly an anomaly in front of him, right? That he's he's so focused on that it's Luke 
that's there in front of him that just took all those laser blasts somehow or whatever. And he's like, well, bring me down to him. And Hux is like, ah, focus on the goal. And he throws Hux aside. Yeah. And the other guy's like, all right, right away, sir. And right he comes down and he, he's like, you here to save me? You know, or did you come here to save me? And Luke's like, no. And, you know, and they just square off. That he Kylo went there to save is, the resistance. <laughs> Kylo is so, so focused on the Luke in front of him, the challenge, whatever, that he's not seeing in the force that, that it's there. Or like you say, Luke is, is such a master jedi that his force projection is so real that even a robot even a droid sees him as real even a force another force user, user yeah. sees him as actually there actually real whatever that it's that it's it's that powerful and it also that scene to what you talked about earlier ryan and and the characters and their learning from their mistakes is where Poe is like, no, he's out there for a reason. Why he's yeah. doing this for a reason, and that's where Poe learned, you know, that he's there to. We got to find some other way out of here, type of thing. And 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 Leia has that moment of seeing Poe get it, and then Poe repeats what Holdo says: "We are the spark that will ignite the rebellion." You know, he does that whole. Right. The Holdo yeah, says right. That. He's like, that's why Luke's out there, kind of thing. To 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 be doing that is 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 it's a it's a lot to it that it does take multiple viewings and some interpretation and some discussions such as this to sort of get those powerful beats out of what's being portrayed on screen and what's happening on screen that it's not just a thing you talked about luke's death and it having happened the one thing that's tough you know and i always get to the right how do we square it luke projects but then he's back on october you know what kills luke why does he die he didn't die in the fight obi-wan chose to join the force in that moment f for whatever, Brilliant, you know, yeah. for, for some reason to, to help Luke on his path, whatever. Why does Luke choose to join the force in that moment is a tough one is, is oh, what we have to square. Well, you know, his force projection is, is that so much that it takes it out of him or when, when, when uh, Ray and Kylo yeah. are connecting, Kylo tells Ray, "How are you doing this? You know the, the, the effort would kill you. Yeah. The effort would kill you. So there you go. That's what it was. You know, like the, yeah, that was, was the, definitely was put effort. in there to help to help that aspect it was the of the effort. It. Sure. That's, that's how I always took it. You know, it well, no, that's effort. that's what that line's in there for yeah, is to help and, sort of square and that's how that. I squared but, it. You know, that it was the effort that killed him. You know, and and I mean, if you look at it, holy cow, it's like it was what an effort, right? It's like he wasn't just." having a conversation with him he was you know doing, doing matrix moves and you know all kinds of stuff you know i mean but, if it makes uh, grogu take a nap just from doing one thing you know yeah. imagine how much strain this put but there's all I, I so i can push to there is a bit of a a ben sacrifice joining with the force in front of luke to get him down his path that there's a little bit of right it takes it out of him but there's also part of that so that it helps because she senses what happens to luke that he's gone yeah and he's, and and luke knows that he can't he, that it that he much like ben much like yoda whatever that they can't be around for that it has to go on to the next you know and, and sees yeah. that right let, let 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 this person um you know uh, let the force die with me let the la let me be the last jedi and let it not whatever it's going to spin up to in its next iteration isn't going to have all the baggage that has come beforehand and had all the various iterations creating the most powerful thing right under and beneath their eyes and everything that Luke dialogues about kind of thing, whatever that, yeah, he also accepts his, you know, it chooses to join with the force in that moment on top of the, the, the 
the force projecting and what he does and all of that mm-hmm. um, is takes so much out of him kind of thing. It, it, it's kind of hard to lose, he, he weakened lose himself to a point do. where he could do that, you know. But it, it needed like right, it needed to happen to some extent. It's that he chooses to happen peacefully there on Oct- you know, and why does he need to do it any other, you know, he chooses to die however he, he, he wants to, or, you know, join with the, I guess Yoda dies of old age, quite yeah. literally almost kind of thing, whatever, that Luke still had plenty of life left in him. He didn't need to, but to the extent of, right, this action took a lot out of him. Um, well, I also got to think of it from the point of view, from a director and writer, like you have to kill one of the biggest characters in history. Right. How are you going to do Yeah, exactly. <laughs> are you going to kill him like Han Solo? Are you going to have him get sliced in half? Are you going to do that? Luke are you going to make him do something no one else can do? Right. Yes. Have it be his choice. I like it. Right. Right. Have the only way you can kill Luke Skywalker off is have it be his choice. And remember, he was cut off from the force for now revealed six years. And then he comes back and he does the most strongest thing in the galaxy is pretty much seen type Ever of seen. thing. Yeah. So and we know that the force takes, you know, energy because even Yoda does it in Empire Strikes Back. He huffs or Luke sweats, yeah. you know, he's moving stuff. So we know it takes effort. And like you said, right. is it Yoda exasperated when he pulls the uh, X-Wing out of the yeah. swamp? He's like, he's, yeah. he's, he's, it, it, it does. You're right. It, it, it does take energy. It does take some effort. It does take something, Life force. Yeah. something from went, it. He went from sitting on the couch for six years to run in a 25 mile marathon and it killed him. It's strange. Like, I should maybe it didn't and kill he's human. him. But... I mean, comparing it to Yoda is kind of weird because Yoda's an alien, you know, who knows how many hearts he has. Well, so it. to, to <laughs> say it, it doesn't kill him because he does, he's, he's like levitating, whatever, and he collapses, but he does sort of pull himself to see the he's sunrise. Yeah. But right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that he does. It doesn't kill him in the moment. He but gives he himself chooses, to the force. Kind of, he yeah. gives himself to the force. Oh, that's a beautiful line, right, Ricky? That, yeah, he he's ready to he rejoin the force, and he's going to let himself yeah. become one with it. He's yeah. ready to to yeah. move on. And they don't and say that they die; the they become one with the force. You know? Yeah, he chooses. He's he's, he's seen that life becomes. Yeah. He's done what he needed to. Yeah. So it is. It 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 takes a lot. He just. To, to the fan that's just like, oh, he just, you know, he gave up. Or whatever. But, yeah, to have this sort of thought about and, what transpires in that and scene. And he didn't have a violent death. You don't see Luke Skywalker well, getting stabbed in the gut. You don't see him getting no. beheaded. That's Ryan's see... point. To a writer's yeah. record, you couldn't do that. You can, Luke no. can't have the falling off. You know, he it had to be his the character's choice, and that's what it was. He chose. He was ready to become one with the Force. He reconnected, retuned with the Force. Yeah. And, and we don't see Obi-Wan's torso there. lopped off and rolling down the hall of the Death Star, you know? Yeah, he yeah. again, his choice. He, he disappears before the saber even gets to him. To oh, join is... the Force in that moment so that, because he know, it's inevitable, you have to join the Force, you know, luminous beings are we, you know, we have to. So he chose to in that moment in order to, to help. And I don't, in the theater, when, the he, when he does like disappear and you see the rope, I'm like, yes! Luke Force Ghost in the next movie. <laughs> you know, I was just happy. You know, like I always you know, I even, Luke Force Ghost. <laughs> I even had the the thought that I can't. It's been a long time now, but I remember at the beginning, like at the, when I first saw it, and I was first thinking about all this, I kind of kept thinking that somehow Luke was gonna come back, like that Luke would be the first 
Jedi or the first one that we saw that would go join the Force but would come back. That would be almost able to like return. A, almost like a, a Gandalf in the Lord of the Rings. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Because remember, I kind of had had a feeling that that would happen, and, I, and you know, didn't obviously, but you know, I had a real world aspect that it was it was Harrison's first movie, Luke was the second, and, and Leia yeah. was going to be in the third. That they we they, the characters couldn't go on forever that their stories needed to end or you know we're yeah. going to end so they were going to find some ways to tell them and unfortunately carrie's you know didn't get whatever they she didn't was get her being. finale yeah, yeah she didn't get the story that that they wanted for that character but it, i think they did well for what they had yeah and, and reusing footage and everything for that next movie but yeah it's it's i, I gotta watch her walk of fame thing that happened um on may the 4th oh with uh yeah with her daughter and yeah uh, yeah, I just Ryan, Ryan, you did say that. I did have a question. I was confused. Initial viewing at the first time of of him having a blue lightsaber, and now I'm wondering if I'm conflating my memory or whatever. Was I confused at the time or thinking about it after the fact that I think it would have been a more powerful scene had he had the green lightsaber? But and maybe that's what it was. It wasn't necessarily the first viewing. It was just thinking about it after the fact that he should have in that scene had the green lightsaber, but him having the blue lightsaber was was Ryan trying to tell us that that's not really Luke yeah. there. The, the great the the just for men uh, dyed beard and haircut was trying to tell us Luke's not the there. I'm trying to tell you guys his footprints aren't making footprints in the salt. I'm trying to tell you he really ain't there, but y'all ain't seeing it until we you know until he then just truly pulls the curtain back and shows us. Look, damn it, he's not really there. So the blue lightsaber. I I really wish there were some behind the scenes interviews towards their discussions about what color saber should he have there in that moment because i really See, think and, I, and I think in my yeah. head the green lightsaber has such a negative connotation to kylo ren to ben because that's the saber he drew on him he didn't want to draw that saber on him again you know because he did that in a fleeting moment like you know when he's ashamed he's not going to use the <sighs> lightsaber that he's ashamed of he's going to use the one that he was noble with and he saved the galaxy with you know yeah, and people right. say there with the green Yeah, there people say, well, that lightsaber just blew up. Kylo doesn't know that. He just knows that Ray has the lightsaber, is gone, and now Luke appears with the lightsaber. He doesn't know anything about it. He's just like, okay, Boy, Ray, Ky- Kylo does. He was there with Ray when they broke it. But in he half. knocked out though. Yeah, it blew up. He doesn't know it blew up. Well, they saw it, they see it break in half. Yeah, they see it, it breaking half. Yeah. I'm he pretty sure that they're they're still there. <laughs> Or right, they see it, they're fighting over it, and they break it in half, and that's what well, knocks them both out. At that yeah. same time, the holdo maneuver happens. So, yeah, the lightsaber kind of blows up, but so does the entire ship. So it's like everything knocked him out, type of thing. And Ray just happened to get up first, picked up the pieces. Kylo wakes up and he's just like, Oh no, the saber's gone. No, it doesn't go. <laughs> yeah, and again, yeah. in his in his haste to fight Luke, if he's not recognizing that Luke is some sort of force projection because he's blinded by his rage of Luke, he ain't recognizing that that's the saber yeah. hilt. You know, he's not looking at any of that type of thing to even write. wait. The, you shouldn't. How do you have that? We just broke that. I'm confused. Yeah, so he wouldn't be seeing that in that moment at all. Um, well, but I like what Ricky said about the right. He wouldn't. He wouldn't want to challenge kyla with his green one because that one has some serious negotiations yeah connotations to that kid i do want to know what happened to his green saber that's a it's a valid question why didn't he have his green one so we as fans have to say you know what maybe the green one is sitting in you know kylo's house so if he shows up with the green saber it's like you know what i have that saber on my shelf why do you have it oh shoot you're not 
So does Luke have a saber on him? That that's in the book that the caretakers uh, put his saber away with his belongings after you know when he was gone. I want to say that that I I didn't read the book, but I remember somebody mentioning that that when he's laying out his clothes. That, Do they uh, show? Yeah. No, it's not there when they, yeah. it's not there when they show. But right, does he have it? Yeah, Tony, we I remember that. We see the that. flashbacks. It he is. has it there, but does and 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 Ben pulls the collapses the building down on him. Ben wouldn't have necessarily pulled it with him then. How about in the first movie where again it's a flashbacky scene, but we see him with R two and the burning embers. Is does he have? Is it hooked to his belt or does he have it there? But I well, kind of would lean towards he does have part. it. I don't think Kylo would have it. I think it yeah. would be there with him uh, teaching, you know, so he, he would have it then on Octo. And I could see him dismantling it. You know, he, he buries his, or he puts his X-Wing in the drink. He could have done something with his lightsaber as well. But if the book mentions his vestments, his clothes, and all his other belongings, yeah. and also hides his saber. And then don't they bury his saber? What saber did they bury? His and, and, and Leia's. The blue one. They bury the blue one in Leia's. Oh, they, re, the re, they rebuild the blue one in the last movie. That's right. They refix, They fix it. Yeah. And that's what gets buried. Man, I want so, yeah, to the green, the yeah, the green one's somewhere. Yeah, I think well, you are. That's a whole podcast too. There, sabers are everywhere. I, I go, I go crazy <laughs> about where the heck sabers are because bleep, bleep, there bleep. are scads of saber hilts Can scattered be burying them all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> they are. I mean, that's that's definitely a story. Why not in the comics? I that that I did see. I, I remember there was the flashback to right after Order sixty six, and they were collecting all the all the yeah. lightsabers, and they were melting them down. Yeah. So all the Order sixty six ones uh, that were in proximity to any clone troopers were collected, and they were taken back and melted down on Coruscant. But they're easily five or six out of ten thousand. Easily five or oh, six for sure. For sure. You know they could have been sold for. Credits. There's always collectors out there. You know, we're told they were what looking happened. for Vader's. Yeah, well, there they? was that. Uh, what was his name the the Hut in the comics that collected the old stuff, and he had a bunch of sabers too. Was yeah. it the Braca the Hut, or I, I can't remember his name. There was the there buff was a guy. Hut. Yeah, the buff one. Didn't he have a <laughs> bunch of sabers? Oh and yeah, Wally the Hut. <laughs> yeah, the buff Hut. <laughs> the buff. Hut. <laughs> yeah, that's what I call them. So. I feel like we got to wrap it up, but we had to try to keep it tight, tighter than I want it to in such a massive movie. Um, I want to go so, finish watching it now. <laughs> I got like half you, you should. I think we could easily do another two hours. I skipped all sorts of other big topics. I, yeah. I uh, skipped all the little topics, you know, everything from Finn and Rose. I picked all my attaboys that the I had for Ryan. And the cave oh. and did so yeah the cave we didn't touch on because again this wasn't a really an episode just discussing the last jedi this was discussing the main points in the big oh yeah the 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 roasted porg oh (laughs) gosh that's my favorite thing (laughs) oh we forgot spinning is a neat trick when kylo's attacking oh yeah yeah, ship he spins the fire off of it um and then we, we also passed over luke in the falcon um oh gosh yeah with uh r2 and yeah. and, yeah. and r2 wakes <laughs> up and talks to him and he's like ah sorry you know and r2's uh with with angry beeps he's like hey sacred island watch the language yeah <laughs> but then you know nothing's going to change my mind and then r2 gives him the the help me obi-wan kenobi you're my only hope i mean come on hey, you know, it's not it, like the best regarded awesome. star wars movie like this is right? like the best movie like there's so much in this movie like i don't understand so like much. 
good, powerful yeah. stuff. I mean, and they don't make it. They're the um, the they they are so close to to um, uh, turning off the the you know the Hosnian yeah. smelt and and BB-8, and they're there. They're ready to to turn it all off or whatever, and they don't make it. They get captured, mm-hmm. you know. And it's so much tension. Yeah, so yeah. much tension in this in in this. Two, I don't know what's the runtime of this flick. Uh, it's it's over two hours. It's uh, yeah, one of the longest. Almost ones. as long as this uh, this meeting was. <laughs> uh, I did have a thought about Leia's um um my airlock concern or whatever. The ship is protected by a shield, so when she flies back, I don't know if she escaped the shield and flew back through it or whatever. But the ship is protected by a shield that could potentially be the the second airlock aspect of, of if they open open the one door or I, the, I kind of remember the sector, but there is a shield surrounding the ship so in that leia book that we were referencing earlier she they had personal shields on them on their belts um that's a little bit yeah it's kind of weird but it was in the book like her that. Elbow had them. that was convenient because that yeah. yeah that's that's not <laughs> going to, that would be her in space but that's not going to help when they open the door to the ship poe well, and everybody else is standing there waiting to welcome yeah. her back on the ship they should be su- really everything gets, sucked, gets sucked out. i mean it's also in other screen media look at rogue one when you know leia escapes and vader is standing, standing in there yeah in stores you know type of thing and then you, we also sucked. have He's like, well, but the see, they destroy the. So hold on, but they destroy the hangar, right? How'd that get through the shield? I guess the ships were inside the shield. They destroy, not the hangar. They destroy the bridge, and Leia and everyone gets sucked out. So there is a getting sucked out aspect to a damn. You know, but maybe the ship does something to protect that area of the ship so that that no longer but can happen. But then she's happen. flying through debris, like when she's floating back to the ship. Yeah. So, and even in, I asked this now that I've recently finished Rebels. So uh, Tony, you finished Rebels, right? I did, yeah. Okay, so again, I, I cover for spoilers for something that's years old, but it's like <laughs> when Thrawn and Ezra get taken by the space hyper whales, whatever they are, they bust, yeah, they bust through the windshield and then grab them and then take off into hyperspace. So you're now flying through hyperspace with an open windshield. So it's like yep. this, these same questions that people bring up in Last Jedi exist in all sorts of media, and that's just one of the things with Star Wars. It's like somehow Thrawn returned. So yeah, it's just, <laughs> uh, yeah, something weird. You know, hyperspace doesn't have, and even also in Rebels, they stand like on top of a ship, you know, watching you know through hyperspace. And I was like, what is oh, going? Oh yeah, we had our issues with Rebels too because there was also helicopter lightsabers that we kind of yep. kind of eye rolled big time. Well, and also just like and how do they do, breathe? So. There are some parts that you, they go. How did the crew breathe in the in the asteroid in Empire Strikes Back? There's no atmosphere there. It's just a rock with a snake in it, you know. And they're like inside the snake, and then they're they had their little gas masks. Well, that again, that's covered in future media. It's a valid question. And in the book, from a certain point of view, they literally a story from the point of view of that worm. Oh, really? <laughs> I was joking. <laughs> the way that their society of they're pretty much space snails because they live in those rocks. Hmm. The pretty much their society works is they get a living creature and they change the atmosphere in their gut to hmm. hold the living creature, and then all that asteroid field. <laughs> asteroid like field <laughs> was full of worms, and they were there to have a meeting to say who had the biggest atmosphere and living cultures inside of their stomach. It's oh, a, oh my gosh. I'm oh, not man. even 
That's why it's in a book. That's why it's a certain When people start saying, well, how can they do this? You know, somebody feels the responsibility to have to explain it, you know, when you don't really need to. Tony, there is something to the uh, Star Wars card trader app loves to point out that um, that uh, Hoth was uh, picked because of its proximity to the asteroid field. And every time that little blurb wants to come up in that app, I I scoff at it because I'm like, well, that counters against um, Han being completely surprised that they're near an asteroid. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's like, hold on. Who's writing this stuff? Because it's not legit fans, because he would know there's an asteroid field near Hoth. He wouldn't be surprised by, wait, we were hit by something that wasn't no laser blast. You know that we were hit by something. So, yeah, there 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 are problems with with some of the various things, like you say, Tony. Of, of if we ask the questions and people give us an answer, and then we go, oh, we don't like that answer. Yeah, you, that it's it, it There's a lot to pulling, what's being start pulling on strings. The whole yeah, start fall apart. Yeah, exactly. That there's a lot to all of this, and keeping it, you know, as more and more content comes out. Mando's a big one of it because it gets a pass for a lot of the things that it takes advantage of or whatever that it just, okay, well, like say, stop pulling on some of the strings and just, just enjoy wearing the sweater. I, I give everything a pass because I just love Star Wars. <laughs> everything gets a pass for me. <laughs> I, checked, I checked my notes because I made notes in that from a certain point of view book. And the creature is called an exogorth. Hmm. That stone is a shell. So he is kind of like a snail. And he has a name in the story and it's i don't know how to pronounce it but it's like sayo is s-y-o so and he is meeting with a bunch of other exogorths and once every thousand years they meet up and it's called a clue a c-l-e-w so, so it wasn't and, even like an asteroid field it was a meeting of exogorths exactly so again <laughs> from a certain point of view they are potatoes Make it make it alien. That's what I say. Embrace the strangeness of space. Not everything has to be bipedal and have two eyes and all this. And they all walk on two legs. Make giant things that even us right now have problems comprehending because it's space. It's a giant creature that a ship just flew in its mouth. How, why couldn't it make it atmosphere? You know, produce oxygen and nitrogen. Weird 70s and 80s sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Embrace the weirdness of space. People don't do that enough. So, but again, it's like, I feel like we can talk for two more hours on The Last Jedi and a thousand other points, but I feel like it's It's time time to wrap the podcast to end. (laughs) Well, one one last point. Does, do you guys have, has anyone ever picked up that in the Snoke room fight against the Praetorian guards that Ray takes on more guards than Kylo? Yes. Next time you watch that scene and they, they he's, he's, she grabs the saber or the, he bisects uh, Snoke or whatever and force pulls a saber and she reaches up and grabs it. And then they look at each other and then they go hip to hip or back to back or whatever to fight all the Praetorians. She's taken on a hell of more than he is. I forget the numbers, but next time you see that scene or whatever, mm-hmm. check that out that uh, she, yeah, she I starts don't... taking on more. I didn't realize until like last year that she ends up putting that armband on the next movie because she got hit in the arm with the, by the guards. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Slashed. Yeah, she got slashed. That's the other thing. The last Jedi had blood in it. Remember when Hook smacked the ground? That That guy actually broke his nose. That stunt guy. He actually slammed. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. Every time I see that scene, I think of that stunt guy. That committed to going full face, no hands, no nothing. Uh, You were forced slammed to the ground. So he just, just, just no, literally nose dives onto that and and broke his nose. I think uh, Finn gets kind of bloodied up too, right? Who? Finn does when uh he's fighting Phasma. Yeah. There's like blood coming out of his nose or something. Or like in the crash. But yeah. yeah. Oh so, yeah, maybe. 
But yeah, absolutely fantastic Senate session um, talking Star Wars. I love breaking down the movies. Just just chatting about it all is awesome. Yep. Yep. I'd be happy to do another one. Yeah, we'll have to do more of these. We can pick another movie or do a part two of this one. Absolutely. All right. So everyone, enjoy your your, uh, Revenge of the Sixth today. So yes. Day. Go watch uh, Last Jedi again. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Cheers, right. everyone. Until next right, time, may the force be with you. Goodbye now. Bye. Bye. That was busting, yo. <laughs> 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 Be sure to follow us online. We're at Facebook at PSW Senate. Join our Positive Star Wars Facebook group. Where we all are in there interacting. You can find us on Twitter at PSW Senate. On Instagram, we're at PSW Senate Podcast. And on TikTok, we're at PSW Senate Podcast. We look forward to hearing from you. The Force will be with you. Always. Tony was there for that, but this was this was the origins, or not the origins, but right, Ricky. This is kind of how the Senate's. I mean, it was still a bit more, way more organized than we used to, but how we just started and just started being a bunch of people chatting about Star Wars or whatever was just we just opened up the mics and just what talked about things about? And, yeah. and went down went down whatever rabbit hole somebody you yeah. know just wherever we went and then just like all right well we've been doing this for two hours time to time to call it quits type of thing whatever so yeah these these are some of the funner funnest sentence if you will so to speak of just chatting you know about whatever you know of course well, we didn't have content we didn't have any new content to go it on it wasn't until uh started recording you guys started recording that we got a little more organized because i know yeah. when i first joined 
it was kind of stream of consciousness, you know. Yeah, like somebody, it, it was very much stream somebody of consciousness. Somebody would just then, start talking about something, and then that would, you know, go off on a different tangent. We talk for a couple hours. The first one I joined was like I was sitting in the parking lot waiting for the, the barbershop. <laughs> like you guys were just on, and I jumped on, and like we were. I started just throwing out Snoke theories because I think it was after Rogue One came out, so uh, everybody was talking about. Uh, I think they had just released the trailer for uh, Last Jedi or something. Oh, we didn't. We, did, we talked about the Hall maneuver, but what was everybody's reaction in the theater when the Hall maneuver drops and the sound drops out of the theater? Oh, I loved it. That yeah, was. My, and then afterwards, the theaters had like amazing. things posted saying like there is an audio drop, a, a moment of silence in the film. It's not a. Well, I've heard of that. Because I heard. I've also. My read theater had that one. in there. Yeah. Oh, that you saw it for real? Because I, I. Yeah. No, they had. Yeah, they had signs. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, I, I hear that one or seen that one post where somebody went and complained because they were mad that the audio couldn't handle this, you know, and, and didn't recognize that. that they was thought it dropped huge. out. Really. Yeah, they thought the, the the speakers clipped and they missed out on something or whatever. Dead but, silence but, in the theater when I watched it. It was awesome. It's so good. You don't see things like that. And that's no. because of Brian Johnson. Like, it's an amazing scene. Like, it's art. You know, this you don't see that. It makes a cool sound. You know, it's like. The seismic charges on the. Hey, I don't know. You, Ricky's the closest game. I remember when the movie came out, or right before it came out, that there was some game tie-in that had BB-8 in that Walker rescuing him, or there was some. Was it? Oh, on the Star Wars app. One of the. I don't think I did it for this one, but for Force Awakens, um, yeah, you could do the little VR thing on the Star Wars app, and it would give you little clues. I remember seeing the BB-8 using the uh, cables. Um, in that app, because you're kind of walking the... with the Falcon, um, and you know, Force Awakens when they go and they tumble around, and he uses those things to stabilize himself. Like that got spoiled for me in that game. So I think they did do the Walker thing in that same app. It was in the Star Wars app. They had a VR thing in there. But no, there was some video, and there was another video game tie into this movie that was when Luke's putting up his vestments and his clothes and, you know, his always ceremonial robes and he's folding them real neatly before Ray and Chewie knock on the door and bless the door. And there's a compass or there's something on his oh, shelf. Oh yeah. That was on Battlefront too. The compass. Okay. There's yeah. something on his shelf that was, that would have had yeah. some sort of video game tie in of some sorts or whatever. It wasn't yeah. spoiler ish or whatever, but it was. Yeah. On Battlefront two, you run around with Lord Santeca and you're trying to find artifacts from Palpatine's old caches. So he's trying to find uh, Jedi relics, various things. Yeah. So, Which we see hey, in Shadow got, of the Sith, too. So. I got a dip. You guys can obviously keep talking if you want, but I'm no, going like, to split. So, so gorgeous Saturday. So, get out of here before I get yeah, you out Cheers, fellas. If there's no, too, so. more talking, I'll check it on the uh, after credit scene of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> All right. All right. Have a great Thank day, you. guys. Good yep. weekend. Bye. Have a bussin' weekend, fellas. <laughs> <laughs>